0: Hello listeners, I am Krishna with Hindu Lit, a podcast on Indian literature, mythologies and history. Today's narration is on the Mandukya Upanishad and the meaning of Om according to this ancient scripture. The Upanishads are a collection of 108 essays and stories. According to some historians, the earliest Upanishads were written before the period of Buddha, around the 6th century BCE. The later versions were written as late as the 15th century in the Common Era. Of these Upanishads, the oldest and the most popular are the 12 written between the 6th century BCE through the 1st century of the Common Era. They are the Brihadaranyaka, Chandogya, Taittiriya, Etareya, Kausitaki, Kena, Kata, Isha, Shvetashvatara, Mundaka, Prashna, and finally the Mandukya. The Mandukya is said to have been composed sometime during the first century of the common era. As with much ancient literature that has some religious significance to the general populace, we find that the dates assigned by the historians differ from the dates assigned to them in discussion of these works of literature in importance and place in mythological or spiritual context. This difference in chronology is interesting as some claim that certain western historians are biased towards shoehorning Indian history and literature around a Christian or Abrahamic timeline and are therefore in contrast to the interpretation of the eastern religious practitioners who assign more ancient dates to the scriptures and observe a different chronology i will table that topic for discussion in a future podcast when i have done further research and given it some due diligence the mandukya upanishad is a short poem of 12 verses surrounding the word om spelled a u M It is sometimes written as Om O M Om is a chant often vocalized during prayer and meditation If you have attended temples sermons or perhaps even gone to yoga studios you are sure to have come across the word Symbolically it is written to look like the number 3 with a tail attached to the number's midpoint Resting a little above the tail is a crescent moon lying on its side like a bowl, and within the bowl there is a levitating dot. The Mandukya Upanishad says that the word Om stands for the supreme reality. As a symbol, it stands for what was, what is, and what will be. Om also represents what lies beyond the past, present, and future. The Mandukya then goes on to say that the Brahman, another word for the supreme reality, is all and that the self is also Brahman. This self has four states of consciousness, namely the Vaishnavara, the Thaijasa, the Pragna, and finally the Turiya. The first state, the Vaishnavara, is the state of consciousness where our senses are directed externally or to the external world. It is what we see, hear, smell, taste and touch. The A or A in Om stands for this state, the Vaishnavara. Those who master this sense can succeed in achieving their desires and thus achieve greatness. The second state is the Taijasa, where our senses are directed inward and where one enacts impressions of past deeds and present desires. This state is referred to as a dream state in the Mandukya, but I think it means a state where we are using our imagination and mentally discussing our thoughts, concerns, and desires. Generally, this is a state that can be achieved voluntarily and on command. The U or U in Om stands for this state, the Taijasa. By mastering this sense, one achieves wisdom. The third state is the Pragna, a state of consciousness often experienced during deep sleep. The Mandukya calls this a state where there is no mind and no separation, and the sleeper is not conscious. I think. What the Mandukya is expressing is a state of mind that we achieve during deep sleep where your mind is functioning and giving you thoughts and experiences but they are not brought upon voluntarily and on command unlike the second state of consciousness. The Mandukya says however that it is possible to be conscious in this state and it says that when one becomes conscious in Pragna, they will open the door to a state of abiding joy. The M or M in Om stands for this state, the Pragna. Those who master this sense can find their true stature and inspire those around them to grow. It is a state of a leader. The fourth and final state is called the turiya or the super consciousness state. This state, the mandukya says, is neither inward nor outward and it is beyond the senses and intellect. This is a state where there is none other than God and is the supreme goal of life. The Mandukya says that this state is infinite peace and love and we must achieve this. The Turiya state is represented by OM and stands for the superconsciousness state. This state, the Mandukya says, is without parts, beyond birth and death and is the symbol of everlasting joy. That ends our summary on the Mandukya Upanishad. Let's discuss this a little further. The supreme reality mentioned in the Mandukya is presumed to refer to God. Some may prefer to refer to it as universal energy, perhaps because they do not prefer to identify with a personified deity. To the well-seasoned spiritualist, this may be a distinction without difference. Spiritualists can be either theistic or non-theistic in nature, but they share a similar goal, that is to reach a state of enlightenment. A theistic spiritualist might call this enlightened state God-realization, while a non-theistic one may choose not to. The self, in the earlier context, refers to oneself or yourself. It simply means you, the person. If you are someone who believes in the concept of a soul, the self can be thought of as the soul. The fourth state or the superconscious state is said to be achievable through meditation or similar practice. Many meditators chant the word Om. There is no mention in the Mandukya that one must chant Om to achieve the superconscious state, but it is generally believed to be a useful focusing term. If you are meditating and chanting Om, I hope this summary from the Mandukya aids in your understanding of the chant and the state that you are trying to achieve. With that, we have reached the end of this podcast episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Please join me again next time for another podcast on Indian Literature, Mythologies and History.